GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode. Or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. Don't talk about it. Hi, I'm Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them, we're going to embrace them, and we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Don't talk about it. Welcome back to the Stone Talk About It podcast. Hi, Raina. Hey, Megan. So we have a really fun guest today. Who are we bringing to the people? We are bringing to the people, <laughs> the <laughs> listeners at large, um, Oliver James. Yes. Oliver James as a book talk star, which I didn't even know book talk existed, maybe because <laughs> I'm not like an avid reader or anything, but... Oliver James is a 34-year-old man that has just now been learning, teaching himself how to read. Teaching himself how to read. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a he's big on book talk, which is, I guess, in case anybody doesn't know what I we're didn't. saying, <laughs> the like side of TikTok where people talk about books. Um, and he's big there, even though until really recently, yeah, he couldn't read. Which I find is like a, what, a, what is that word? Like, a, not a conundrum, but like when the opposite of, like, I feel like if you're on book talk, you should be an avid reader. But since he didn't know how to read, he's a book talk star. Well, people really just were drawn in by him. I think the same reason I was, the same reason I wanted to have him as a guest. Like, mm-hmm. there's something about him. Yeah. There's something about his presence that's very engaging and like, you want to know more about him. You want to know more about his story when you see him. Yeah. And I think that people in the like book community (laughs) were drawn in and engaged by someone being brave enough to say, I can't read. Yeah. And in the book community. Yeah. And I, I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty amazing. And we talk about it a little bit at the start of the interview, but uh, in getting ready for the interview, I looked mm-hmm. up how many adults in America can't read. And it is a staggeringly high number of people that are either very low literacy, so like first, second, third grade reading level, mm-hmm. which like, okay, you can kind of get by. Yeah. But there is a lot that you miss out on mm-hmm. um, or just can't read. And to me, that is an indictment of our education system. There's yeah. so many systems of oppression at play there Mm -hmm. um and it's a total failure of a lot of systems and a lot of people in systems that that many people make it to adulthood and and can't yeah so I just am like really blown away by and inspired by somebody who's able to be open about it yeah um because it seems like the kind of thing that you would really you could potentially get really made fun of for yeah or that it would be like you feel ashamed mm-hmm. being not able to read as an adult yeah. you know 
As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. I think, like you mentioned in, in the episode, like that doesn't define your intelligence whatsoever. Like a, it's an ability, like it's a skill, right? That right. you need to be taught. Yes. So I think so. Like I, I can't do math. At, I, I literally add on my fingers mm-hmm. and subtract on my fingers or a calculator, but that doesn't make me not intelligent. It is a skill that I wasn't taught. I know what grade I, I know what math I missed and what grade mm-hmm. and why that contributes to my like lack of skill today. But for some reason, it's like way more acceptable to be like, I can't do math than yeah. to say I can't read, but it's actually like equally as bad. Yeah, or I can't spell or yeah. whatever, you know right. what I mean? Like there are these things, um, but they don't, they don't define who you are. Like I, I think in this episode, it's way bigger than not being able to read. Right. So maybe we should speak to that and yeah. then let people um, hear Oliver speak for himself. But um, we thought it was going to be 
just kind of a quick, like, hey, what's it like to learn this thing now as an adult kind yeah. of interview? But it was so much more, wasn't it? Yeah, like, I was like, oh, the questions will be like, how did you get through life without reading? But it was more like, fuck, really? That did happen to you? And no yeah. wonder. Yeah. No wonder you were robbed of, like, your childhood, of your education, of, like, why you felt like you weren't worthy enough of, like, you know being a part of this society in that way kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was really a, he has an amazing story. Yeah. We wound up on kind of a philosophical journey. We did. <laughs> and, um, he has many, uh, words of wisdom, many pearls in there. And if you're somebody who is currently kind of at the beginning of working to overcome a big challenge or adversity that you've mm -hmm. faced in your life. I think there's a lot in here for you. Oh, so, so much. There's so much because what it all boils down to, I'll just like say a little bit right now is like mental health. Mental mm -hmm. health is huge. And like that was the majority of this episode of, of him sharing and being like very transparent and vulnerable with his story and how that impacted his mental health into adulthood and why he has now decided to teach himself how to read. Yep. So. It's pretty damn inspiring. So really uh, let's turn it over to Oliver to speak for himself. And you guys will have to let us know what you think. Yes. Thank you. Here's Oliver. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Oliver. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. So we have a lot to talk about, but just to kind of set up today's topic, we actually invited you on because about, I think it was about a month ago, I was just sitting there scrolling TikTok like you do. And <laughs> you popped up on my For You page talking about learning to read as an adult, basically teaching yourself to read. And at first I, I was like, honestly, just so drawn in because you were so charming in the video. What's your catchphrase? Like, what is... What's up? I can't read. Yes. <laughs> that just there you caught go. me. <laughs> yes. And so and that, that caught my attention and I stuck with it. And I was like, wow, this person is really charming, really inspiring. Like, what is this? And I watched so many of the videos getting more and more interested. And then I did a little bit of Googling because it made me curious about just liter adult literacy in the United States in general. And I started doing some Googling and learned that actually like 22% of American adults have low literacy skills. And so I was started thinking, well, this individual person is very interesting and very open about an important topic, but also like, this is a much bigger thing than I even knew. And we really should be talking about it. So it's a huge honor to have you on today and for us to get to hear your story and share your story and your journey with our listeners. And it just, it feels like a big gift. So thank you for being here. This is amazing. I'm honored. It's cool. Yay. So before we like go all the way back in time and start your story and share your story with us, can you share a little bit of who you are now to our listeners and just introduce yourself? I'm Oliver James. I, am <laughs> I now am technically a social media influencer for books and like an advocate for reading and also motivational speaker. I used to be a fitness trainer not too long ago, and I got out of that career to pursue my passion to be a motivational mm -hmm. speaker. 
push the importance and the awareness of learning how to read or just continuing your reading if you are reading already. So wait, so you're a motivational speaker and fitness? I've, I've done the fitness training for the past 14 years. I just got wow. that career. That was a career that I was using to mask my uh, true ability. My mm. I got is motivating and I love working out and I love motivating but I was a very verbal motivator I like to hype people up verbally for energy and you know my real passion was in speaking but just like when I was a child I was too afraid to raise my hand and read in front of the class mm -hmm. oh I'm too scared to step up to the plate and speak to an audience worth of people because I don't think I'm smart enough and mm -hmm. that's when I beyond smarter than that. I could definitely do it even right now. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of childhood, can we get into it? Can we go back there? Can you take us back to your childhood? Yeah. That was for you? Yeah. My childhood was personal childhood was like anybody else's. You don't notice the wrongdoings over top of them. So I could look back and see so many wrongdoings, but I also could see all those wrongdoings as a child being like lessons. So Life was really hard. There was times where we're not eating. There's, we're living for food stamps and we're right a little bit level above like projects, but we're on the cuff of being evicted every month. And you got to see it for what it is. I think at that time, realizing that I'm on that same cuff now and my mom was doing it without even a high school education. You know, she was a single mother. She has two kids. She's trying to just make it and get by. So that was just enough just for her to just be able to keep us alive, you know, with what she had. And school was supposed to be that outlet where I was supposed to get the love for learning. And I got the total opposite. I got a lot of unwelcoming kind of feeling because it just didn't fit my structure of learning. So they didn't know what to do with me. So they just literally just made me feel like I was like, an, like I wasn't supposed to be there. It was just weird. And I didn't want to be there. So that was one of those other things too. I endured a lot of abuse physically, mentally, verbally, and school by teachers. And it was just a time that we were living in. And I carried that on to, into my adulthood. Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Pennsylvania. Okay. That sounds like you were going through a lot as a kid. Most definitely. I think a lot of us were going through a lot at that time. I think that's what a lot of it's allowed me to see. My surroundings was just everybody going through something and trying to figure out a way to express it, including the teachers who hurt me. He was going through something too, something real dark. But for in order for him to have to do that to children, he had to be a really dark person at that time. I'm an adult now. I would never want to put my hands on a child for no reason. I don't care. I just don't see that. I don't feel, it don't feel good inside of me to even think about doing it. And for had to do that, I can only imagine the pain he was going through on his day-to-day -day life. I'm sorry that happened to you. I mean, that's a really empathetic take for you to have, but it, you said something that really sparked for me, just like school was the place where you were supposed to go to get love, to, to get taught. It, my, I, let me think of my little brother when we were kids. He was the kid always in trouble in school, and he got in trouble one day by this mean, mean teacher in fourth grade because his handwriting was bad. Like you really, it still is, you really can't read it. But he always, I remember him saying like, but if my handwriting's bad and she's my teacher, she's supposed to be teaching me how to write. But instead I'm in trouble because I don't know how to write and she's not teaching me. And it seems like that can just get, you can just get into this loop with that. And I was wondering if you could talk more about your, about schooling. I think I, I think I read that it was actually pretty abusive 
place for you, a pretty traumatic place for you in elementary school. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to see it for what it is. Like, I can sit here and tell you from how I judge myself, and I judge myself as being the bad kid because that's what I was told. The kids can only be a bad when they find out they're bad by someone telling them that, you know? <laughs> I didn't just wake up bad. Someone had to tell me what I was being. And uh, you kind of exercise that behavior because it's what you're told you are all the time. So you think you're supposed to be that in some sense of the way. I don't know, like school was, it was, it's a really, it was a really rough place. They weren't, it wasn't all terrible all through all of my schooling, but my, my, my beginning years, those elementary school days, those were really rough. Those were, there was no, I can just tell you that all we, I remember doing was going to class. We would have desks that popped up and we would get packets. They would give us packets and we'd have a packet for the whole year. Some kids would be on like number 22 in the packet. Some would be on a hundred. I was one of the kids that only made it to five, like page five in my packet for like the whole year. And there'd be all type of assignments in it, like coloring and, and for every grade, I was in like fifth grade doing that still. So it was like, they, there was no type of teaching and there was more of, if you didn't sit down and behave, sit in your chair, don't move, sit, you know, sit forward. If you just turned around, we would get restrained and slammed. Like it was, so in my mind, I was, I just think back to it now and I'm like, what was I in? Like in that time, what was that school? Because right when school was over, the abuse stopped. So I used to just be like, man, this is weird. I'm like, if I run into that same guy in the grocery store, he can't hit me or do that to me. But why can't he do it when I'm in the classroom? It used to drive me insane. Like I was just trying to figure it out, but I couldn't figure it out because I was so young. But I remember that feeling of this man can hurt me as soon as I walk in this class and stay for these amount of hours. But as soon as I'm done, he's he's a different man. I remember when he used to go to the principal's office, I remember reading his demeanor because at one moment he would be angry with me. But when we got to the principal's office, he would be controlled of his anger. He wouldn't be angry. He would be more professional. And I would be sitting there looking at him and I would get angry. And the principal would be like, Oliver, you got to calm down. You got to stop your, your, the way you're acting. And I said, like, but it's him. Like he, he was just mad too. He was just yelling at me when I was coming downstairs and they wouldn't believe it. Like it was just, and I didn't know how to not be angry when it was time to not be angry. I was still emotionally messed up. And the teacher knew that. And they would pry on that. So then I would end up looking like the bad kid. And they, yeah. I wasn't bad in the first place. I was just told I was being bad. And they were mad at me and turned this whole thing into what they turned it into. And then made me out to look like I was a bad kid. So every moment, it's like I couldn't control my emotions when I should have been able to control them. I was still angry in the principal's office, screaming and stuff, when I should have been able to calm myself like the teacher did. But I didn't know how to do that. You were just a child. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, you were just a kid. Like, you were there. You were there. Like, that's the part of the job of grownups is to teach us how to do that. And it's such a it's such a shame because when you tell a kid they're bad, they'll believe you. But if you tell a kid they're good, they'll believe you. And they could have been pouring that love into you and, like, giving you those foundations, the foundation that you needed to be able to, to go forward. That's just heartbreaking. It's a lack of a leadership and awareness from the individual. He didn't, and not just him, the whole system of whoever was allowing it. It's just they just didn't allow themselves to see the truth and what was going on. They rather just turn a, turn a cheek, but they didn't understand that truth will come to rise in 20 years. All these kids, what the heck happened? And I'm maybe just one of 
a couple who, you know, I don't know what happened to all the other kids in these classes. I can't even imagine. I can't speak for them. I don't know, but I never seen them again. And a lot of them ended up in places that you can't even, you can't even think of. And I look at that now and I use that sometimes for the motivation to move forward and just keep saying, I don't care how stupid I feel or whatever it is, I'm going to the top. I'm rising so high. It's not even going to be possible to just fall because of what I've endured in that time. And I'm like, I've gotten robbed from my ability to be able to be at a high level because of that. You know what I mean? If I was able to have been given like the chance to had good caretakers and teach me, I don't know who I would have been. You know, when I look at that now and I'm like, man, I won't never know, but I can change the trajectory now. You know what I mean? I couldn't change it then. Can't sob on it. I got to change it now so I can possibly still make that person that was supposed to develop into who they were supposed to develop into still come. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. I love that. I mean, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of this with us and being very open and vulnerable with your story. When you're that young, it's those years are so formative and they just, that's how you develop. So what you're hearing and what you're getting from any adult or your outside environment, you're sucking that in like a sponge and that's how you develop a sense of who you are. And but that's not who you are. You're much greater than that. You were brought into this world much greater than that. And that's you now experiencing that and shining your light despite all of what you went through as a child. There was, like I always say, it's like your future self pulling you through this world because it's who you are now that is talking to you back when you're a kid pulling you through. Yep, 100%. I don't think I've told anybody this, but the same teacher who abused me in elementary school ended up being a defensive coordinator, like our defensive football coach for the high school I ended up playing football for. So years later, he ended up being my defensive football coach and I got in a fight with him, but we got taken off like on the side and they, he wasn't supposed to work with me on the side because they wanted me to change a position because I was really good at, at the position. And I remember going there with him and I was just not, I wasn't comfortable. This is the first time I've ever felt like, what I can explain now that was like, it was like post-traumatic stress or maybe anxiety, all types of different things. I just didn't know what it was. And I remember being, the fact that I was still caught in that, that world, the fact that man can still make me feel something from a child when I was in high school. So I was 16, but I'm feeling something from, I was like eight and I'm like, why am I, you know what I mean? Like why? And still to now I can still feel that, like that feeling, but I couldn't control it. And I remember we're outside doing the drills and he just got angry with me like he did when I was a child, but I wasn't a child anymore. So I remember feeling like I was trying to push his buttons, like he was trying to make me do these drills and I was just half doing them. And he was just like, what's your problem? You got all this potential. And I remember throwing my helmet off and getting in his face like red eyes. And I was like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? I'm bigger now. And I remember just talking in his face and he's like, what's your problem, man? That's, it was so many years ago. You're still caught on that. You're still. And I remember him saying that. And I was just like, man, you like. Just being angry, like, F you, man, F you, watch. I swear one day, I promise one day you're going to get it, one day. And he was like, you don't change your ways. You're never going to be nothing. You're always going to be this way. You got to stop being angry. And I remember him telling me that, but I was like, that's real cute coming from you. I remember feeling that. That's when you start to get confused with the things to do right in the world. When a person who does wrong to you tells you you're supposed to be better, you're supposed to grow, you're supposed to be, and you're like, you're, you make that seem like it's not a real thing because you ain't doing it, but you preaching it. But it sucks because when the wrong person can tell you that at, with a young mind, you get confused with the, 
what's right and what's wrong. He made me feel like doing wrong was right. As long as I never beat nobody, I'm pretty good then. I could steal or something or I could lie and cheat. I ain't beat nobody because he made me feel like doing wrong because maybe be right as long as it's not that bad. Because look, he ain't even getting in trouble. That's how I was looking at it. But I, as a person, as a human developing, you'll push that barrier. And that's what I did. I kept pushing it because because of, of anger. I didn't have no escape. And I didn't understand that the only escape was accepting my, my my fate, accepting my life, accepting all of it and understand that happened for a reason. And that's it. It's a part of life. It's like happiness. The anger was happiness. Like it wasn't, there's no separation. And I was, I didn't understand it, but I was like, why do I feel it? And it's like, because that's a part of life. It's like rain. You don't, you know, earth felt rain. Don't, you don't know thunder. If thunder comes, it feels it. So I felt the same thing. I was like, oh, okay. So just be angry, but don't participate. Don't react. I'm like, yeah, but it took time for me to understand that because of what happened to me as a child. Well, yeah, well, I yeah. Mean, that it, it sounds like just total trauma and abuse and that your reaction, that makes complete sense. And we actually wondered how did your experience in elementary school like impact you as you went through school, as you went through high school, as it as you went through life and it sounds like it impacted you really significantly like led to a lot of confusion a lot of anger probably felt like a lot of doors were closed you're opening them now but it sounds like things were really tough for a lot of years yeah it's 100 percent yeah people don't realize like how much of an impact you have on such a small mind that the non-stop repetitive channels that kind of just switch inside of your brain from that time zone and that's it's a real weird place you could be stuck in like 1992 because of something that happened to you and you it's 2023 and those channels just keep replaying and playing for 20 years and you're like how do you turn the dang channel off i'm tired of every day like i got beat when i was a kid why am i still thinking about it today and i'm like without the proper tools without the proper ways without learning how to read truth I didn't understand how to ignore it, if that makes any sense. I didn't understand how to just ignore it. And it's hard. Like, as you get older, some people don't, won't even understand what I'm probably saying because they didn't endure the things I'd endured. But in time, you will learn that, that, that what you do today will be your tomorrow. It will be channels just playing over and memory, just playing over and over. And if that memory is not good, can you imagine what kind of dark place that person can be living in if they never learned how to get over it? If your memories are great, okay, so you're good. Your channel's good. A car accident down the street from someone you love changes that channel. Now it's something you're stuck on that for 20 years, that car accident, because you didn't pick up your phone or do something. And no one tells you how to cope with that. That can be dark. And that was for me. I got beat. I got put in these positions. No one helped me. I was, I felt like an adult. I felt like I was an adult. I didn't feel like a kid. Now that I look at it, I'm like, there was nothing I could have done wrong. I was a baby. There's nothing you could. I look at it now, but then I thought I was in a grown up doing it. So now I can see, man, that's wrong, man. I was helpless. Abused me, man. I'm like, man, I was just a little person. But I thought I was grown. I thought I was really making stuff happen. And that's the suffering that I have to deal with now because I'm, I wasn't grown. I was a child. But now I'm dealing with the grown-up thoughts as a grown-up. You know what I mean? And it's it can be dark, really dark. It could be painful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everything you're saying is just so true in how trauma works, especially 
when bad things happen to you when you're a kid because we get wired, we get programmed that way. And that's a program. Like the way you feel or how you can go from now to back then, just like in a second, that's just this pathway that we made and you run it so many times. I talk about this a lot on the podcast actually, but it's so true. It's, it's a wire. It's a program that we put in just like walking is like a program. Like we learn how to walk and try to unlearn that. You know what I mean? But, or now a program is that you're a bad kid. Try to unlearn that you're not a bad kid. Like it's hard to do that shit. That's <laughs> especially if you built your identity around it. You got to realize like a lot of people don't realize they get up and put that identity on just like a person gets up and puts a suit on and a tie. You're the same person who gets up and gets your cornrows done like I used to do and put my fitted on and my fresh shoes I used to have and my outfit had to be put together so a certain girl could like me. I had to put that on. You know what I mean? That That's hard. That's hard. That's a hard thing to do when you got life itself just dealing with life itself and you want to be like, all right, on top of life, I'm going to go put an identity on it. You're like, what, what? You, you're like, you know how long you got to maintain an identity? I tell, how long you going to maintain that? And you're like, if you start building yourself around that identity as being a cool person or a cute person or a sexy person or you know, whatever you want to be, a sports person, you can stay stuck in that identity forever because that's what you built it on. You can't even get out of it. Now that's your identity forever. And that's a rough way to, you start to realize you're like, that's something you built. That's something you had to get up and put on every single day. You know how much work that is? Can you one day just get up and not put the identity on and just, that's it, let it go. And then you tell people that they can lose their mind because they were like, how do I even love? How do I be nice? How do I be happy? I'm like, just be. That can feel like anxiety, stress. Like they won't know how to, I know because I was one of them. I'm like, just love. You're like, I can't get love until someone loves me. And they're like, what you mean? Love comes from you. Just love and you'll feel love. And then you'll be like, all right, I'm going to try to do that. And you just angry because you're like, I'm mad at this though. I don't want to, but what about that person? And you're like, just love, man. Just love it even though it is all there. And you can't because you've never been shown how to love. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I was, as you were talking about, like just putting on this one identity for so much of your life, I was wondering as you learn like did learning to read open up new channels for you like one thing that is so beautiful about books is you get to try on someone else's life while for a while while you're reading and you get to almost just put yourself in someone else's mind someone else's shoes someone else's stories and it's like this beautiful escape but it's also a way to like learn more about what it means to be human and I wonder like did some of that start to open up for you as you were starting to able to have access to like all of that amazing material that's out there. Yeah, I think you're born with internal knowledge, you know? I think what books allowed me to do was to understand that my internal knowledge. Like it's it helped me it helped me. It's like a teacher. It was the right teacher. It's exactly what it was. So if, if the right teachers in your life, you'd be you might be able to get it from people telling you the right things verbally. But books are the first best thing because the right people out there have wrote them for you to get the information from. So you're better off doing it like that. If a friend tells you to beat up the boyfriend who slept with your girlfriend, that might be your the way you read how to react to someone cheating on you. Beat up the boyfriend. But if you read a book that said, be happy, that person did that. They opened up a new place for you to meet the right person now and fall in love with someone even better. Now you're like, hold up. 
that's a different reaction. What's that one? That one feel pretty darn good. That comes with the, that comes with something. They both came with something, but one came with something even more promising. You mean I, but like you start to realize you're like, I was reading, but I was reading what people have told me what to do. That, that was my way of reading. That's why a lot of people have the wrong reaction to things because their cousin told them to do something, offer something in eighth grade. And they ran with that same behavior all the way to their adulthood instead of reading the right way to cope with that situation. So 100,000%, I think reading could be a coach, a mentor, a father, a brother, a sister. It can be anything that to influence you to be a better individual in the world in some shape or form. Totally. I know we've talked so much already, but I guess I might I should have known this answer or maybe not. How does one get through schooling and everything without knowing how to... No, I think I was really like charismatic or something. I don't know. I just think I was really good at just maneuvering through life. I don't know. I was really good at staying discreet, but also being a part of everything at the same time. I I feel like I kind of initiated being pushed through school. Like, I felt like I knew if I just did the certain amount of things the right way that they wouldn't fail me. Because I used to be like, I never failed. I used to be going through school and be like, I ain't failing. But I could feel like I'm not failing because we're cooperating together. Like, I I knew that. I was like, we're cooperating together. They want me out just as bad as I want to get out. But they can't just get me out. I was realizing, I was like, this is like a, this is like the worst, best place to be. You know what I mean? I'm like, I used to feel that when I was in school. And I understood that. There was a lot of wrongdoing going on now, I can see, from wh- why I even got, I don't even, there was times I didn't even, I got kicked out of almost every school I went to. I don't even know how I passed. To get kicked out of a school, you don't just end up in another school the next day. I mean, I was out of school like months of times and weeks. I was just home like for two months, three months sometimes. And then all of a sudden just pop up in a random school for a month or two, get kicked out, sent to another school in another part of town. So like, I think back to my childhood, I'm like, I don't even remember like being in a steady school or class or with a steady teacher after elementary school, after the the abuse in elementary, it was just chaos. I was everywhere. Yeah. As an adult, when you look back at your upbringing, it is crazy to think about what you endured as a kid and what you're speaking to about how they treated you and the way they talk to you and others. They talk about the school to prison pipeline And I just feel like this is what it is, you know, like they fucked up your life as a child and then you're left to figure out how to cope with it and deal with it. And you didn't have the tools to know how to do that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I went through a lot of stages. I got to a stage now where my life where I'm starting to try to help people. I think that's, like I said, where the motivation came from. There's no help coming. I was waiting for help as a child. I breezed through life because I was waiting for help. You know what I mean? I was really looking for someone to come and save me. I even put masks of like ter- types of personalities on that, that helped me even feel like I was going to feel saved. Like I would try to be like the handsome token black guy, you know, so I can get the most perfect girl who everybody would think looks good together. I made sure I was fit. I did everything to try to, so that could save me. I'm like, okay, I can't read. I ain't never going to be successful. But if I look good, if I got the charm, if I'm that guy, I'll get the girl who got this stuff. You do that. You even do that and you hurt people and you lying and you cheating. And it, there's so much that goes into putting on this 
personality when you could just learn how to just, just read. I just, I don't know how to explain it and just start to do things on your own in this magical way. Like just take the initiative to just sit back and just be like, man, like no matter what's going on in my life, I could do this. Like don't give up on yourself no matter what. Feel down, feel the pain, feel all of it, cry, do it all. Just even give up, but don't give up. Like you still be like, man, I'm up. Give, I've given up, but I'm still going. You got to be in that mindset because I tell you, that's where I had to put myself now to just even be half of what who I am today because I could never tell you, you know, two women on line right now, I was a cheater. I was, a, I was I abused verbally women. I never physically, but I abused because someone abused me. They yelled at me, I yelled back. I did, I participated in a, in, in, in a lifestyle that I knew I, would, I didn't have to participate in, but I wasn't willing to like just do the hard work. I was rather, you know, deal with that type of lifestyle because I didn't want to learn how to read. I didn't want to learn how to take care of myself. I was like, this person got money and got the things, I'm going to let them do it. And I'm like, I was just hurting people doing stuff like that. And I'm looking at it now and I'm like, this is 10 times harder. I don't even know if I ever have the life that I want, but at least I know I can look myself in the mirror now and be like, all right, cool, man, you in the works then. Like, at least you trying now. Like, that's the best feeling now, struggling through. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. And that's, that's a big part of why we have this podcast is we want people to be able to say exactly what you just said and to be able to look at, I was doing this with my life and I reached a point where I wanted to change and I am changing. I just think it's, I think it's beautiful. I'm a, ther- I'm a therapist, Raina's a nurse. So we work with people all the time where we just want to see them make that change, do the thing, move feel, feel the feelings. We always talk exactly what you're saying, like feel every feeling, whatever it is, just let yourself feel it so you can move through it. So I personally think that it's brave and commendable to be able to come on a podcast and say like, these are the things from my past and here's how I've, here's how I decided to pivot. We're actually curious, what was the turning point for you? Like, what was the point where you were like, I'm going to change. And then what was the point where you decided part of that was teaching yourself how to read? But I think there was a lot of changes after I, I got out of prison. Um, There's a whole bunch of changes I had to go through. I had a lot of support in that time from like friends and family members. And I could see at that time that I guess I could say I loved everybody, but I knew I didn't love myself because I wasn't living up to who I knew I should have been living up to. And the pandemic happened. I started to just think about having a child. And I'm just like thinking, I'm like, man, this is my world now, man. Dang. I'm like this, like pandemic, no pandemic. Things going on, no things going on. Your family had to go through things in time too, man. Like when you when they was adults, there were some things going on and they was trying to get through it. And now I'm looking at them like, dang, so this is my time now. It's my time to shine. It's my time to get up and get through it. Like, all of it, I'm like, dang, I started to really think at that time. So this is a battle. This is an uphill battle for the rest of my days with them eyes open up. I'm like, this is what it is. I finally stepped into like manhood. This is it. And I guess that's when I started to realize like, there's no turning back. That's it. Once I step through this, like it's over. Like I'm not, once I emerge into this and tell people who I am, it's over. That's it. Like you can't turn it around now. Once you start telling people the truth and I just started telling people the truth. Yo, I'm cheating. Yo, I'm lying, man. I'm stealing, man. Like I'm doing, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, cause I'm feeling life flash before me, man. And I'm like, I'm not willing to die with this on my heart. I went to prison. I felt this. I got out, got a second chance. Now I'm still sitting around here, not doing what I need to do. 
you know what I mean? And like, that's, it just switched. And I was just like, I just, and that was it. From that moment on, like my mind is like a boiling fire of thoughts that tells me, let's go. You could do this. Life ain't about sitting down. Don't, it just keeps, and I don't even know why I do, it's just 24 seven. I'll be like, why am I? It was like, man, you, that's it. You got life, bro. As long as you breathing, you better move forward. You better do something. You got to do something positive. Tell someone you love them. Tell people you like them. Do So a lot of that started to spill into my social media. That was the whole, it, that was me just being like, yo, what's up, world? I can't read. I can't do this. That's where it started to come from. That's, it was that eye-opening situation, like pivot that I was like, that's it. Like, I said, if I ever made this decision, I know I would lose friends. I know I would lose family members. I still feel that decision now. I know in my mind, I'm like, if I make stronger decisions, it's going to change my house. I'm like, if I make a decision to never want to eat a certain food, that's going to change my relationship with my family. He'd be like, why? I'm like, because if I make that decision, that's it. That you never eating that food again? I'm like, nah, because it causes heart damage. So I'm never touching it again. I made a decision to stop drinking alcohol. I lost mad people. Because those people associated with alcohol. If they weren't, weren't going to come with me. So I'm like, I'm never touching it again. And that's it. I don't care. I'm like, that's it. Pivots your whole life. Your Thanksgiving parties, your Christmases. Like, everything changed. Everything in my world that I still miss today. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I tried not drinking for 30 days and I saw the difference for sure. <laughs> like, it's a thing. So what I'm hearing from you is when you started sharing it publicly. So is that when you decided to go on TikTok and just like share your shit because then that kept you accountable or held you accountable to what you were saying? All in now. There's no turning back. Like, I can't just pull back now. Like, it is the news got it. You's got it. Like, everybody, the views got it. Everybody's got it. So I'm like, I knew this about me, though. I knew once I start being me, I'm going viral or something. Anybody, everyone's going viral when they start being them. That's how it goes to free yourself from, from judgment, from anything you want. Just be like, man, I'm down with it. I'm down with whatever. I'm down with the decisions I make in life. And to me, I don't explain it, but to me, that it's exhilarating for me. Like, I feel like I want to be a person who can be in a plane crash meditating. Hmm. It's, because I want to be able to accept it. What do you mean? Like, I accepted this before I got on the plane. Like, I accepted both versions, being able to land safe or crash with the same acceptance. I'm meditating even if we land safe or if we crash. So that is a hard place to live in. But that's the best place to live in because now you live in life. It's peace. Yeah, it's pure peace, but it's hard. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're doing the work. And that's the thing, right? You're doing the work. It's not easy. It's hard. It's really hard. But it's worth it. Because you find peace. You find peace when multiple things can exist when you can also shine your light and be great, but also know that yes, I had a dark past, like, and I was told these horrible things about myself, but that is not me. Like, you find peace when you know that all of that can still exist at once. It's amazing, because I feel like once people understand that you want to take on that path, once you realize you're like, what? Well, there's nothing left to, to worry then. The, the outcome was still the same, but now you're just starting to accept it. You're just, the accepting is always going to be uncomfortable, no matter what. It's always going to be uncomfortable accepting something that is real, that is that is going to make you feel closer towards life. You know what I mean? And that, it, to me, like that... I don't know explain it, but once you get into that, I would love for people to start to let go of their fears and certain aspects and start to live a little bit. Right. Yeah. So if I want a peaceful, like truth to think, but if I want a peaceful death, if I want a peaceful life, if I want a peaceful marriage, 
we ain't gonna have it today. So I'm like, I need to figure out a way to, to exercise one of the hardest things in life. I feel like when you exercise, you get in shape. When you read, you get smarter. But all those things feel like you're dying. When you best shape in the world, it feels like you're dying. You know, when you because read, it's so hard, right? I remember like things in my life. I'm like, you go through these challenging things, learning how to ride bikes, everything. It's, they're like painful things in life. But then you don't, you learn it and you're you blissful about it. You could just do it. Then it's like a gift of yours. I started to teach myself it. I was just in a way because I was, again, these things from a child scared me in life. And when I started to be like sit in a room downstairs in my basement, after two days, I went to the doctors. I was like, yo, I think I'm going crazy. And I was telling them. I went straight to them. My lady took me. She was like, you fine, but I'm going to take you to the doctors. And I come back and she's like, you okay? And I'm like, why do I feel like I'm dying? And she's because you're growing. Like straight up, I was like, what? Dude, you're growing, Oliver. Like, you're, that's when I was learning how to read. And I was like, man, I'm just learning things I shouldn't be learning. My brain couldn't process it. I was like, why do I know this? Like, why do I understand this? And then she's just, oh, that's just growth, man. And, I, and that's when I started to realize, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I've been running from this my whole life. I'm like, man, now that I'm going to start learning and start jo- enjoying how to live life, I'm also going to learn how to die. So I don't got to be as scared no more. I was running from that before. Now I'm like, oh, so as I learn and get more and educate myself, I'm like, you're educating yourself for the biggest goal in life. And that's dying. Like, and that's when I realized that. That's when I realized like, that's the exercising that you're doing on a daily basis right now. So you can overcome your challenges on the day-to-day basis. So when the big thing does happen, you're prepared because you did all your work. What are the hardest things you need to do in your life? I was like, damn. Do those hard things, you're exercising your death. What happens is when you go to die, you got nothing to worry about because you were living the life that you wanted to live. You won't be scared. You were only, when I got sent to prison, I was scared because I didn't live the life I wanted to live. And I they didn't get it. No one got me. Once I started giving, living my life and doing everything, I'm like, what you're doing is you're preparing yourself for something you've been scared of your whole life. Every person's scared of it. You're living your true purpose. Now you know that you're accepting death. You're going to be able to accept it. You didn't want to accept that. You wanted to be able to still be you, live and live this life. But once you accept that, then I was like, dang, so this is it. Like, I won't do the damaging things to myself ever again, will I? I'm like, nope. Now you're going to live. That's it. Wait, so it sounds like a big part of this has been like total like mindset kind of transformation. But I also cannot stop wondering how are you actually learning to read? I was trying to think like what it would be like to, cause it's so hard to learn stuff when you're older, like trying to learn a language. Now I'm almost 40 and it's like, it's hard. So we're, did you say you like went down to the basement for two days and you were just down there like teach, like learning, like how have you, aside from the mindset that you had to get into, like, how are you doing it? I would, I was in the basement. I had TikTok, So I would be, doing like workouts i was still doing like zoom workouts and stuff my lady would help me with those she had just bought me like a quote book i think around that time i was reading that i still have today and she would read to me that was another thing she would do too she would read to me and stuff and i could read but i read at i don't know equivalent to like first second third grade or something it was real hard i just didn't much better now compared to then when i look back it was real hard it was it would be rare if i could even read like without getting i couldn't even get it so then I would start on the quote book. The quote book was like a real eye opener for me. But what happened is I'm, I became obsessed with motivational speeches. I didn't understand that was such a thing. When I started to listen to those things, they were like the first words I was getting to help me overcome like personal issues. And then when my lady bought the quote book was 
like a personal speech to me. It was like a motivational speech because there was a bunch of quotes in it. And I didn't know that you could put like words from speeches into books. And that's when I started to get interested because I started to want to know what the quotes were saying. I wanted to really know. I felt like they I felt like they were messages from like a higher power because I was it was first time hearing them. So I'm like, what am I reading right here? You want to hide something from someone, put it in a book. I'm like, I want from me in a book. I'm like, what do y'all been hiding from me? I'm tripping. I'm like, what book is hidden from me? I'm like, I'm still I didn't I'm opening my brain like, what's going on? What are these quotes saying to me? I'm like, help me. Someone help me. And I'm like. That's how you get this energy from me. Cause I was like that, like, what? This quote said, what? TikTok, TikTok, help, TikTok. That's how I got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love that. Reyna loves quotes too. I just was thinking of like, that yeah. is such a way to like, it just, gra- it's like a little thing that just grabs you and pulls you in. And then all of a yeah. sudden you're going to the next thing, going to the next thing, going to the next thing. And then I'll be looking for quotes forever. I'll look at one quote and I'll be go to an, I just get all wrapped up in <laughs> something to make me feel even more sad or more whatever, you know what I mean? Connect. <laughs> so I get it. I get the quotes. <laughs> quotes are very similar to like, I always go equivalent to them to rap. I love rap. So when I look at quotes, they're like punchlines. Rap was great because they had these subliminal punchline. I don't even know if that's a thing, whatever, but I just felt like it is. But they had these punchlines that would draw you in. You say something about me, I'm going to do this to your mom. So you've drawn in. You're like, oh, we're going to do that to your mom. You're like, I got this much money and you ain't got nothing. You're like, oh, he got more money than you. Like these punchlines. Yeah, or there's like a lot of metaphors in rap. So that's when it gets your mind thinking. Quotes came to me thinking like, hold on, these are like rap punchlines. Like, they mean something. You, it could just be something simple as if you read, you'll gain the knowledge to the earth. And you're like, what? You're like, punchline, what knowledge to the earth? Yeah, like, I think that's where quotes lead into poetry. Poetry still has that rap kind of thing mixed all together. They're all kind of one genre. So in some sense of the way, quotes are like a genre from rap music. And I think that's where I got real tied into that. Because I was like, you're shooting messages at me. I like that. Yeah. And it stirs something like up inside of you, right? And you're just like, oh, shit, you know, like, whoa, from just like three words. <laughs> yes. Someone like me who my mind doesn't work like so like open. It's like real steady on certain things. If you hit me with something like that, I can lock in on it. I know I'm good at that. I've become really good at that. And I can really break it down in my brain and like feel it. That's another thing with me. So I immediately understand like the connection to some of these things because I'm like dang that I felt that like I felt the words that came out of there and I'm like I know what that feeling is by the words that it was said like I know what the real actual feeling feels like and that is a real amazing feeling that I get from quotes because as humans you know we react off of emotions imagine that when I read certain quotes I could break them down and then feel it and then I'm like can you imagine what that does to me reason why I'm obsessed with quotes because I can feel like love all day by reading them. I'm like, whoa, if I read love quotes, I can feel love all day. It could be so much, I'm sure you know too. It could be so overwhelming and make it cry. You sit there crying over these quotes. Yeah. Oh, babe, what's going on? Like to me, that is magical. Cause I'm like, I'd for a person who didn't understand how to cope with his emotions and feelings, know that he can go to a book and get coping mechanisms from it. I could be angry, read something positive and feel positive in my anger. I'm like, oh my gosh, like. That is self-soothing. That is, I don't know how to explain it. That's, that was like, 
mind-breaking like information like when you think of that and i'm sure like being a therapist you know that those are co- some sorts of coping mechanism because i can go from anger to literally read listen to a quote or read a quote and feel that quote and change my anger and i'm like that is magical i'm like oh my gosh like where were you at when I was eight years old? Speaking of changing, being like an alchemist, I feel like I, I think I read something. Did, have you read The Alchemist? I'm reading it now. I'm almost done with it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you think about it so far? It was one of, it's like, I'm not a big reader. I read books, but I'm, it's very few and far between that I finish a book, but I finished that book and I really enjoyed it. How did, what do you think about it? I love it. I'm still learning genres. And I think that's probably my best like those kind of books like those books that really take me on these magical quests of i don't know what those genres are but uh the alchemist the, like the four agreements i've read there's another one my lady keeps t- telling me to read the forgot what it is but i always forget what they're called but i want to read all of the kind of books that have those kind of like knowledge that it's it makes more sense to me if that makes any sense that when i listen to that i can understand a little bit more about those things because they make me feel better and i think i'm emotional I think I'm an emotional learner. So I think when I listen to some of those things or read some of those things, they emotionally connect with me. And I can't, it's an obsession of a feeling. It's kind of like a drug. So to me, I'm like, it's hard to, it's hard to get away from it. I want to read so many other books, but when I read like the Four Agreements or The Alchemist or certain things like that, like I gain something from that. I change. I become a much better person. And <laughs> I like, I really like that. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, those are those are the books, you know, those are the ones to read to make you think about a lot of different things and how you perceive the world and the things that you have the power to to change within yourself. You know, it's all within you. I think that's what the whole alchemist is all about is it was all it was there the whole time kind of thing. I don't know. You haven't got to the end yet. Oh, no, <laughs> it's ruined it for you. <laughs> it's definitely that hero's journey kind of discovery kind of book, though. It's I love that one, too. All his books are so good. Um, yeah. And he's got a lot. So you've got to, there'll be more to discover. Like, they're definitely the books that I'm going to find myself really focusing on. So I'm sure I'll get through a bunch of books, like, in that, I don't know that genre, but I'm going to get through a bunch of books category. Yeah. So. Well, what would that be like when you go to the bookstore? Because I know exactly what you're talking about, too, because I'm drawn to those types of books as well that make you kind of think about the world and your it's kind of like spirituality or um i don't know just like you know it's like universal where would you find those books in the bookstore megan i don't like, know it's kind of, not quite self because i'm the same way i love those types of books i read a lot of them it just makes you think you know and I, it helps I, you be a better person i think my 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 brain operates really well in that category because when I read some of these books, I start to realize that a lot of the people who, who take some of the knowledge that, that they put into the books, they come with a very honest approach. The real hopeful kind of real downright, just honest feeling and acceptance approach. And for me, not, I guess, being a part of the world, like I was stood in a kid's mind for a long time, I think from not reading. And it helped me not to develop like certain ways to get attached to how to grow up. I was just like a freelancer. I just I was like a free person. I was just winging light. I think I didn't know that, but even though it's a scary place, it's the best place to be for someone like me because I could understand the language of 
being connected to your pure self. I never fully let go of my pure self because I didn't get tied into so many different ways. I, I was honest. I was a really honest, happy, gullible, just you could take advantage of me type kid. And it happened. A lot of things happened. You know, even for me going to prison, like I said, like you could, I got taken advantage of because of these things. But I also kept a lot of my honest like ways by not harping on the people who hurt me. I, what I did was, I, and, I, and it's a good thing and a bad thing. What I did was I put the pain on myself and I still forgave those people. And I still have a habit of doing that. And my lady will be like, you, you have this honest way of just being, I'm like, oh, it is what it is, man. I'm like, that's the gift I was given. I was given the gift of being able to not feel what the other people feel. I feel what I feel. And I feel like I'm sad a little bit, but I feel happy that person was able to, I don't know, succeed with their goal and getting me sent to prison. I'm like, cool. I'm like, well, I'm like, oh, maybe what's supposed to happen? Like, I just have these weird things about me that I'm like, I've always stood like a child mentally, like just block it out and go have fun. But I also understand now that I didn't go unscathed, if that makes any sense. Still got hit pretty hard and I still had to take some blows and I'm feeling those blows, I guess, now in that sense of the way. I think those are all coping mechanisms of trying, like, forgiving those who hurt you. That's just a way to cope with the anger because if you went there, it's fucked up and it's sad and it's so hurtful and painful. Yeah. Yeah. But I read these books, I'm really close to the knowledge that they have because I think I exercised these things as a child. I think I was already protecting myself as a child and didn't know it. I've not even think I know it. Like the person that I am today is because of who I was those days. And I look back at that kid and I'm like, it was the, I even couldn't read, but I was, I must've been a genius. Cause I'll tell you something right now, the things that I was able to do, the lies I was able to tell, the thing that the work I was doing, the extra work, the hard work, extra work I was doing to just to not, so people couldn't find out I couldn't read. I was like, I was a liked person, loved person, happy person, fun person, sad person, mean person. I was many people. And I was excellent at each person. Only person I wasn't was an educated person, like a person trying to educate themselves. That's pretty much it. But everybody else, I was great at. If I wanted to make money, I knew I could do it. If I wanted to get a certain relationship, I knew I could do it. Like, I was so great at these things. And I'm like, you were so amazing at so many people probably have these things. And I'm like, and all that was just a mask because I couldn't read, because I couldn't deal with my emotions. I'm like, and then when I started to deal with those things, I was like, man, like, you're far greater than you can ever imagine. It's just that your potential starts now. Yours starts now at 30, 34 years old. And that's how a lot of TikTok blowing up and all this stuff happening, because I still understood inside of me that, like, a lot of people get this when they get older. And stuff too. I'm, I was a pure person. I didn't, they never want to hurt nobody. Never want to put, but for me not learning the right way, I got taught the wrong ways. I exercised the heck out of that. And I hurt a lot of people because of it. And now I'm finally just exercising how to fix me. And now the only person who's getting hurt is me as I heal. That's it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's the thing about healing. It does hurt, but it's worth it. And I was going to say too, like you were obviously very smart reading the skill that has to be taught and nobody taught you that doesn't have anything to do with intelligence at all like you you obviously have that in spades and i think your story is really inspiring i think it can i hope that everyone listening today is able to take something from it because there's a lot you have a lot here to offer to anybody struggling with really anything that they think they can't do yeah i would tell people if you how i learned the best way i learned is 
I really hope I, I say this many times on many uh, my platforms I talk on. Do it. Like it sounds mad weird, but there's this internal voice that's talking to you 24 seven. I can tell you right now, I have goals I need to reach. I read today. I don't even know what I read. I don't even know how I read. I just jumped on and started reading. I learned how to read by doing that. I didn't know what I was reading when I started knowing how to learning how to read. I was reading the wrong words. I was just I was just angry. I was just cursing at the pages sometimes. That's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, and then I learned how to read by just cursing at the pages every day. Eventually the words turned into words. They started cursing back. I'm trying to tell you, that's the thing people need to understand. Take from me when I say like that internal voice, man, it'll put you, it'll put you in a program. You can go read, you can go work out. You can go call someone. You can go be a friend to somebody. Like I should start reading. Like why? Is it going to benefit you? That's the first thing I think about. Yeah. Then when do I read? At every moment. Read every moment. As soon as I get off this right here, I need to have somewhere that's going to lead me to a read for about five minutes, like whatever it is. And be in that 24-7. When I first started, I couldn't read. I just would look at it. That's it. Just stare at things like and just look at it. Sound it out. I'll beat her. Like, I just sound like a baby trying to say some of these words. And now they words. But you, I had to get up and do it like at any moment you get, get it. And that's how the goal gets accomplished. Other than that, if you don't, for something you, you really want, but don't know how to do, if you don't emerge yourself like that, you're going to be, you're going to get to your deathbed and be like, man, I wish I would have just not slept so much because now I'm about to really sleep. So I'm like, yeah, you about to sleep long as heck now, but why sleep now? If you get a little energy in you, do the extra little thing. So you can at least endure that, that little bit of pleasure that you were entitled to with life. I was entitled to learn how to read. That's a gift. That's part of my life gift. I need to get that before I leave this earth. I need to get that gift. You know what I'm saying? Like That's what I was thinking. That's why I tell people, if you think, man, I want to be this person, then you're entitled to that. While you alive, get that gift, and then you're good. You can rest easy. But if you don't get that gift, you're going to live in a dark place for a long time. Straight up. Oh my gosh. I mean, your whole story is just, I could just see the whole trajectory of it. It's amazing what you chosen to do with it because it is a choice to to either change your ways or be a victim of your circumstances or you know what I mean it's definitely a choice and it's choose your heart right like everything's hard choose your heart you could live with I got in a lot of trouble from not learning how to read that man took that from me that was something I wasn't I was supposed to have learned and it put me through more pain than I can ever imagine because all I really wanted was just that gift. And I said, if I would have had that, I wouldn't have been throwing so many temper tantrums all the way up to 34 years old. I would have stopped my temper tantrums when they were supposed to stop as a child. But I continued them all the way into my adulthood. I was still throwing temper tantrums and hurting myself and people. And all I really wanted to do was just learn something that I was responsible with learning to ultimately. So right now, 34, you were responsible for getting that. And that's why I look at it. I'm like, you know, that you want to really fight that man back? You want to really beat him in the long run? Learn to read. And you can really escape your pain. There you go. There you go. And that's a great way to just summarize this whole episode is just, I don't know, the way you're the way you're taking agency over your own life. And you know what? I'm a grown-up. I need to do this for myself and, you know, making that choice. So good for you. And and thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and being super vulnerable with everything. Now that we're coming to the end, is there 
anything that you want to share with our listeners? I mean, you've already shared so much and a lot of jewels. Your motivational speaking is definitely coming through. But anything else that you want to leave our listeners? Well, I'll say this. The motivational speaking part, I've promised myself, and this is for anybody else out there, I promised myself that I'm my purpose. As I exercise developing as a motivational speaker, I want every time someone runs into me to understand this is my energy. You always going to get the energy. You know what I'm saying? Like forever. So I made myself a motivational speaker by putting that energy. So I tell people, if you want to be something, become it. Like you can't be turning it off and turning it uh, back on. And another thing I want to really talk to people about is their mental health. I just, I'm really big on mental health and I'm leaving that on everything when people ask me, because that's probably the most important thing I would talk about on this whole entire platform. Your mental world, your mental health is everything, man. There's some people out there who don't get what I'm even saying because they haven't been through some of the mental struggles that I've been through. But just please understand this. Life itself is a struggle and you will cross something that you're going to have to overcome. I don't care how blissful your life is. You will over, you will have to overcome something. So like when I really speak from the heart, because I want people to understand that this is really about mental health. That's all it is. It's just me just talking about how to overcome these barriers that you're going to have to overcome. I don't care who you are. You just, if you ain't got one right now, be happy, but be aware that one is coming. there's no way to escape something that's going to happen in your life. And the only way that you can really protect yourself from that is to, you know, there's many ways, don't get me wrong, but you can get help in certain things. But if you ain't got it right now, exercise it. Exercise it by not running from things. Accept some of those fears that you think about. I know what you're talking about, but that's why I tell people, accept the fear comes into your mind, be happy. It could be the darkest fear. I only tell people who they are to trigger nobody. But when it comes, have a moment with it, accept it. You want me to go, have a conversation with him? Be like, no, if that happens, I'm going to smile and I'm going to be happy it happened. Like, why? Because I'm fighting back finally. For once, I'm going to smile. For, exercise it now when it's not here because it's coming. And when it does, you'll be ready. So I, that's why I tell people that's how you protect your mental health when you ain't got no problems. If you got problems, then you already in there. And the only way to really make that change is by basically what I just told you, you're going to have to fight back. You're going to have to give positive to negative 24-7. Protect your mental health, please, every single person out there. It's a job. It's a full-time job. It's not something you just be like, oh, I'm going to turn it off. It's a full-time job. Yourself is a full-time job. Protect it. Absolutely. 100%. And it's so crazy because it's this whole episode was, you know, Oliver, he didn't know how to read as an adult. And it's so much bigger than that. I mean, mental health is just, it's just everything. It encompasses everything. And that's a major theme on our podcast, that's the whole thing. So I appreciate you so much and mentioning that and bringing that up and talking about your own mental health and your struggles and everything like that, because it's real. And it's a lot of people don't want to talk about those things. So I appreciate that. Where can our listeners find you, Oliver? Oliver Speaks One, that's the number one. And yeah, you can find me on all my platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all of them. Well, Thank you so much for being here. Listeners, go find him. Smash that follow button. There's so much more to learn. Oliver, you've given me personally just life and motivation this evening. So thank you for your story. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your vulnerability. It's a huge honor to have you here. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And listeners, you know where to find us on Instagram at Don't Talk. Raina, what is it? I always forget. <laughs> where can they find us on Instagram? <laughs> it's underscore Don't Talk About It pod. 
or on the tickety talk at sh underscore don't talk about it pod, or they can email us at info at don'ttalk.com. And y'all, we would love to hear how Oliver inspired you tonight. Maybe it's giving you an idea about something you've been needing to do or wanting to learn. We'd love to hear what that is. So don't be shy. Reach out and let us know what you learned. And we will see you next week. Thank Bye. You. Talmor, Sheshin Murahi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.